Would you open God's precious holy word to Psalm 146? The last five psalms, beginning here, are the psalms of praise. They're fairly short. This one's 10 verses. So you might get out before Cracker Barrel closes. I don't know. A life of praise. Let's think about this. A life that is a life of praise means that this life is a life that loves God. Hallelujah, my soul. Praise Yah. Or you could say hallelujah. Or hallelujah. My soul, everything that I am, the essence of my existence, the, uh, I read that the, uh, that the, um, worst thing for men when they pass the age of 60 is that they are still trying to do things when they were 40. And this is, this is what is the worst thing, the worst disease for men, I guess. That's because your soul is still telling you you are who you are. Of course, <laughs> your body cries against it. But your soul is everything you are. It's, it's the consummation of, uh, of life. It was created after the flesh. And then when the flesh was spirited by God, then man became a living soul. So the soul is his emotional seat. It is his self-awareness. It is, it is the emotional gathering of, expen of, of, of experiences in, uh, emo in emo emotional experiences. We'll just leave it like that. Throughout his entire life, this helps him mature, gives him a, a broader sense of things. It's closely tied to his spirit. It can be closely tied to his body. For example, Elijah had uh, gone up to Mount Carmel and there he won a great spiritual victory against 450 prophets of Baal. But what he had done, of course, if you, if you read the account, you will see that he was alone, that Israel was, was fairly uh, blase or nonchalant about worshiping Yahweh. And part of that was because of, well, most of it perhaps was the poor leadership of Ahab and Jezebel and so he was alone fighting a spiritual battle. And he 
he preached and preached and came against these prophets of Baal. And then he dug trenches. He did a lot of physical work there too. And the battle was won and they were shamed, these 450 prophets of Baal. Elijah was successful. It was a great spiritual battle. Well, a spiritual victory is also an, also an emotional victory, which is very draining. It drains a person. So he'd been up a mountain. He'd been back down the mountain. He'd done a lot of stuff while he was on the mountain, fighting the prophets of Baal in that spiritual battle. And he's exhausted. And here come the chariots of Jezebel. And Jezebel had threatened him, intimidated him, going to kill him, going to do this. And after the great victory, how God was with him, something snapped. And he started running. He ran. Well, it's according to how you want to measure the old time measurements, but he could have ran as far as 90 miles. I mean, who, who can run 90 miles? You're pretty scared if you, if you can run 90 miles. Well, he finally collapsed under a tree and he said, Lord, let me die. He didn't want to live. He was absolutely exhausted and drained in all three aspects of his existence. He was drained physically because he had done so much on the mountain. Then he ran from Jezebel's chariots. He was drained emotionally because of the, of the distress and the stress and the euphoria and the anger and so forth against the prophets of Baal. And then with the great fear that caused him to run so far, he was, there was no emotion left in him. And he was spiritually drained because he had won a great battle and now apparently was being required to just turn right around and fight a battle. Now Jezebel was a priestess of Baal. So here, after this great spiritual battle, he's, he's having to face another spiritual battle. He didn't have it in him, so he ran. Let me die. Just let me die. Interesting, Yahweh never addressed what he said. He never answered him, never said anything to him. He just sent an angel. And here's what the angel said. The angel said... The journey is too great for you. So he began to nourish Elijah with food and then put him, made him go to sleep with sleep and rest. More food, more rest. And then he was, of course, uh, he went into a cave. And in the cave, he began to come to himself a little more and he had more of a sense of the presence of Yahweh. And then when he was completely refreshed in his existence, Yahweh spoke to him. And he said, your, your, your work's not finished. Um, he gave him several things to do uh, before the Lord would take him away. Well, the point is this. Everything about who I am should be a praise or should praise Yahweh all the time. A praise to Yahweh. 
just thanking the Lord, blessing the Lord, thinking of the Lord, how he is involved in every aspect and every minute of your life. This is the psalmist. Hallelujah. My soul praise Yahweh. All that I am. Everything about my existence. Praise Yahweh. I shall praise Yahweh in my life. I shall sing to Yahweh as long as I exist. There was a, well, the evangelist that came, Sam Kathy, thank you, Sam Kathy. Back in the 70s, I guess late 60s, leading into the 70s and into the 80s, he was probably the top evangelist in the Southern Baptist Convention. You had to wait a long time if you wanted him to come and preach a revival at your church, but we had him booked and he came. He was a character. He's dead now, but he was a real, real character. Um, and he, I was, I was in a church at that time and I guess every church did the same thing. You bought all the, you bought all the Gaither music and the Gaither books. And that's what your choir sang all the time. And he really liked that, you know, he said, man, he said, when you sing gospel music, you chase demons away. <laughs> well, I know this, if you sing in your life and your heart and your soul, in praise. It is a personally strengthening thing and it also is something that I certainly, you know, David sang for Saul and the evil spirits left. I shall praise Yahweh in my life. I shall sing to Yahweh as long as I live. My life is consumed with praise to Yahweh. So, a life of praise, we see, means that we are filled with love for God. Next, a life of praise means that we trust God in all of the circumstances of life. We are living in days of darkness, in my view, and we're living in days right this moment of confusion, fear, the, the uh, circumstances that exist in our nation and things, there's no telling how they will unravel or develop or whatever. But it will never be a surprise to God because all of this thing is being brought right to the place where in his plan God means for it to be. And such a life means to trust God. Well, let's look what the scripture says. Do not trust in princes, in the son of Adam or the son of Adam, the son of man, who has no salvation. You see, people can't save you. God saves you. His spirit leaves, he returns to his soil. On that day, his thoughts are lost. Praiseworthy is he whose help is the, the God of Jacob. His hope is in his God. Yahweh His hope is in his God. Now let's go back. Praiseworthy. The one who's, is he in whose help is the God of Jacob. Now why would he choose Jacob? 
Jacob probably, I have to think about this, but of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Jacob probably would seem the weakest. He was a trickster. He would, uh, well, he didn't tell, he didn't present things truthfully. Uh, that's, that's what his name meant, Jacob. His name meant uh, supplanter or trickster. And, you know, what he did to trick his brother and to trick his daddy into getting the birthright and all those other things. Then he tricked old Uncle Laban so that in the due course of time he had the many and the strongest of the herds and Uncle Jacob had the fewest and the weakest. He was just, he always had an angle, you know, a trickster. But even so, God had called him to himself and in so many ways, Jacob just didn't seem worthy of the attention of Yahweh. And yet he had Yahweh's complete attention. And they wrestled on Peniel. They wrestled up there on the mountain face to face. He saw the Lord. The Lord threw his hip out of socket. So... It is no wonder, really, when we, when we, when we think of, you know, who, who am I? Why would God ever help me? I, I'm, I'm not perfect. I do so many bad things, and I, I try, but I, I fail in so many ways. Well, you're not, you're, not, you're not any worse than Jacob. And this is why I think uh, the Lord inspires the psalmist to use Jacob as an example. Praiseworthy is he in whose help is the God of Jacob. His hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth or faith, who keeps truth or faith forever. The bond that is between God and his people is sealed, and it is sealed forever. He's the one who made heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in it. This is, this is a, a, a mighty God, the mighty God. And it is so difficult for us to understand that in our extraordinary and extreme lowliness, yet we still have a personal relationship with the almighty God. Sometimes people... It almost seems like, well, people who are in the Lord almost seem like they're in denial of that. It's just like this is just too good to be true. Well, this is why the Bible is replete with the teaching of the importance of faith. God tells us these things. We're supposed to hang our hat on it. We believe it because it's nothing that you can do. It doesn't depend on my strength or upon your strength. This relationship depends completely and entirely on the strength of God, the one who reaches to us and establishes the relationship. He has to come to us. We can't, we can't go to him. And it is designed, obviously to me, it's designed that way so that we can never give anybody any credit for anything in heaven and into the ages but God. And that's why he's praiseworthy. He is worthy of our praise because all that we are is because 
of him. To live a life of praise means that our life is a life of loving God. Who performs justice for the oppressed? Who gives? Now, there's a, there's a list of things that God does for the least of us, which would include us. He performs justice for the oppressed, gives bread to the hungry. Yahweh sets loose the boundaries. He gives you freedom in himself. Yahweh gives sight to the blind. Yahweh straightens the bent. Yahweh loves the righteous. Yahweh guards the strangers. He strengthens the orphan and widow. And he, he perverts, he stands in the way, he perverts the way of the wicked. He's a guardian. He's a provider. He's a protector. He is our shield. He is our fortress. He is our healer. He is our savior. You see all of that written into those lines. So then to have a life of praise means that we have a life of loving God by acknowledging especially all that he does for us. Finally, a life of praise means that we will live a life as joint heirs with Christ, reigning with the sovereign God. Yahweh will reign forever. Elchik, O Zion, O this God, my God, to all generations, he will reign forever. Hallelujah. So to all generations, now you have to think about this. He will reign forever. Someday, gathered in heaven, all of the generations of the redeemed will be there. Some of us lived in a certain time frame. Some of us lived in another time frame. But we all have this thing in common that he saved us and that he brought us to himself and that he has granted to us a special kind of co-regency. Into the ages of the ages of the ages. We'll have, we'll have responsibilities. He will empower us in certain ways. To accomplish those things to which he calls us. That we don't yet, we don't yet know. But we know will happen. So this. In this first of the Psalms of Praise. The final five Psalms. Is a description of a life of praise. Let's pray together. We'll be through. Father God in heaven, Lord, bless us and help us in our lives. We are humbled in your presence and we know that you are praiseworthy in everything, everything, regardless of what it is. And we trust you. Even in these times of confusion and darkness, we trust you. You said these times would come. We trust you. You've told us how we come out of these times. We trust you. We know what's beyond this life and we trust you. You've provided for us in every way and we trust you and we love you. And we know and we're so thankful that you have called us to yourself such that we shall be seated with Christ 
our Savior forever and ever. We offer our thanks tonight for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen.